We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans welcome to pod maverick after dark this is kirk henderson and josh bow you are joining us live following the dallas mavericks defeat of the orlando magic uh 131 to 129 it is monday january 29th it's about 10 40 at night josh how are you i'm doing okay uh i'm excited that the mavericks are playing games against teams with winning records because I'll be honest, I think it's more fun. I'm adjusting my camera. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I think it's more fun to talk about these games. Mavericks beat a pretty good Orlando team, uh, 131, 129. It was a wild game, but like, I just wanted to start off with like, I'm just glad we're not talking about the Hawks or the Grizzlies or the Trailblazers. Like, I, it's fun, you know, I, it's more fun to talk about uh, these matchups, win or lose, when they play against these good teams. It's like, well, there's stuff. It's it's interesting because you know you you get to the January schedule and the Mavericks wins in January. Uh, just go starting at the the they had two wins against Portland, a very very impressive win against Minnesota, a very impressive win against the Knicks, a really like ramshackle like it was a fun game to watch. They beat the New Orleans Pelicans on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but that game didn't really teach us much. Lucas scored 73 against Atlanta, which again was amazing, but you don't really learn anything from those games because these Mavericks are just looking so good. Up. We already knew that. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. Really excited. Um, so, you know, it, a win like tonight, where, you know, just to be quite candid, they looked outmatched, overgunned. The, the Magic were, you know, shooting the ball really well, but there was a lot of things where it's just the Magic are an enormous team. They are probably like inch for inch the biggest size disadvantage team the Mavericks are going to have all year. The Nuggets have more skilled size, but they're not quite like the Nuggets. Honestly, the the Magic could play five, six, ten guys in a starting five if they ran Franz Wagner at point guard. I mean, they're just so big. So it was going to be one of these games where styles make fights. The Mavericks were going to either shoot well from three or get to the like the one I honestly did not have get to the line 70 bajillion times on my video <laughs> card. Um, but it was it was just sort of one of these back and forth games where the Mavericks at halftime were kind of lucky to be where they were. Um, and then you know, the third quarter they went on a ridiculous 25 to 5 run, which put them back in the driver's seat. But the magic just wouldn't die, and so we had kind of a it was, it was you know a, a game where Luca plays forty three minutes. You know the day that Jason Kidd talks about needing to get his minutes down, but honestly, like they don't have a they don't have a choice. If Kyrie Irving is you know Kyrie Irving is going to continue to miss games, uh, and Dante Exum is going to continue to miss games, somebody's got to play basketball. So here we are. Yeah, I thought it was you know it was a weird game. Just because Orlando is maybe one of the worst, it's they're I think they're 25th in offense coming into the night. 
30th in three-point shooting. So, of course, they make 12 three-pointers in the first half. They make seven in the first quarter. Uh, almost all of them are above the break threes. They only made four. Four of their 18 three-pointers tonight were corner threes. So it's not like – and corner threes are usually like – those are the those are the like bad defensive – like you know that you had a bad defensive breakdown if you're giving up a lot of corner threes. So well, he's, he's my dude. Yeah. Anthony Black is kind of a yeah. textbook of this because he is not a particularly good shooter at this point in his career. He's a local no. product for anybody that forgets. He played three years at Coppell high school and played his final year at Duncanville before going to Arkansas. He was four for four from three and just like kind of bawling out of his mind. Yep. And, and he, he was just sort of a, a trend in the first half where it's like, man, these guys just can't miss. I mean, they shot 38, I'm sorry. They shot 38 three pointers and they hit 18 of them for 47%. Yeah. yeah. They shoot, I think they shoot 34% on the season. So uh, this was like make or miss. I mean, there's obviously things we can get into, but this sure. was like the make or miss league game. Like this is the Magic made all their threes for most of the first half, made almost all their shots. They made a lot of long twos also in the first yeah. half. Like Paulo Benchero was was living uh, on long twos in the first yep. half. Uh, and the Mavericks basically then, gave that to him. That yeah. was the defensive choice. Right, because, you know, what else are you going to do? Because you've got Luca guarding him most of the night because they don't have anyone that can really match his size with no Exum, no Derek Jones, Derek Lively. Uh, And with Grant not being as effective, with Maxi not being as effective, they just don't – they don't have anyone to to guard those big scoring forwards. So you got to give up something. And the Magic shot 65% in the first half. And the Mavericks Mavericks shot 60% in the first half and we're down 16, which is a really <laughs> hard thing to do. But it was also, you know, there, I saw a lot of doom and gloom at halftime. And I'm just like, guys, this is not going to happen. Like the Magic are not shooting 65% for a game. They're just not. Like the Celtics don't even shoot 65% for a full game. Against what they, they did shoot 51% for the game. I know, but if they shot 65 in the in the first half, they probably shot. Uh, probably like in the low 40s in the second half, I think. I mean, they missed a lot of twos in the second half. I mean, they missed a lot of shots that they were making, uh, and it was going to happen. So the thing was, coming out of halftime, the Mavericks just had to not give up on the game, you know, Mm -hmm. because the Magic were going to let them back in it, whether they wanted to or not, because there was going to be a cold stretch. And lo and behold, it was to start the third, and the Mavericks kept their – the pedal to the gas. They didn't come out looking disinterested. The way the Mavericks always look to start the right. third quarter, going back to the be- going going back to the beginning of time immemorial. I feel like for right. I've watched the Mavericks for twenty five years, and they always play bad in the third quarter. Yeah, so that I mean, and that was the game. They won this game because of the third quarter because the Magic outscored the Mavericks every single quarter except the third. And in the third, the Mavericks win the third quarter, thirty five to twelve. So that's where they win the game. Um, it's not great that the Mavericks gave up two. 40-point quarters to the Magic. The Magic scored 40 points in the fourth quarter, which was actually kind of shocking to me because it didn't feel like they were making a lot of shots. I think they got to the free throw line more in the fourth quarter uh, than they did in the first three quarters. So it's a weird game, and there's some smaller things, but I just thought, I don't know, at halftime, it just did not seem as bad as the scoreboard looked because I just knew – you know, now whether the Mavericks would – the door was going to be open. Now whether the Mavericks mm-hmm. would walk through it, you know, we don't necessarily always know with this team right now and with the injuries and kind of how they're playing. But they were going to give the Mavericks a chance to win this game, and they did in the third. The Mavericks took it. And then, boy, did they ride out of a, a weird and wild fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I want to rewind a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Fourth quarter. I think we we, we got to give a lot of credit yep. uh, in particular to one Jaden Hardy – um, he saved who, the game. You know, he had 27 minutes, eight from nine from the floor, plus seven assists. Uh, he really couldn't miss. He took advantage of the opportunities given to him. Um, saw one guy in the chat say, I know he can go out and do this every night. And it's like, well, you're not going to hit 100% of your shots every night. But <laughs> I, 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 you know, the catch and shoot stuff, he should have confidence in his shot. He's a good catch and shoot guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really delighted with a lot of the touch on his passes. Yes. Um, I, we've been pretty critical going back to summer league where it felt like his placement, his placement and his speed on his passes was often, I mean, just to be quite candid, fucking terrible for an NBA player. Um, he didn't look like an NBA player, like, you know, either too soft. And I'm sorry, like, like a lot of people aren't going to get this or don't understand or don't care about this level of nuance, but 
you know, an inch or two on passes makes a difference with these guys when their athleticism. I mean, when you go to an NBA game, it looks like there's no room on the court. So he had a couple of drives that that ended up in the hands of um, Lively for dunks that were just, I mean, magnificent. Um, and I, I was just really, really glad for him because I've been really hard on him. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm on record. Like I've asked, I want the Mavericks to move him. Um, I'm just not sure, you know, there's not a lot of room for him on this bench, but it's nice that he stepped up when the Mavericks needed him because if he wasn't anything other than sublime in the first half, the Mavericks would have been down by 25. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Basketball is funny because it's like he had his best game by like not even close. This was his best game of the season. Mm. And he's been struggling pretty hard for the last month or so. And like who would have thought that his his game like he would have this game against this team, like this magic team, which is like on paper, maybe the worst matchup yep. for him in the league. Like just a bunch of sides so and a bunch of length. Yeah, yeah, just against the like for a guy that struggles getting around people um, with his live dribble uh, and for a team that can close out and, and take away shots as well as the magic can, that just, it doesn't compute that he had. Well, I felt like had, so that makes I it all more go, impressive. I would need to go watch the tape again, but I felt like everything that came with his offense tonight came with him already on the move or completely standstill. Yes, when he was. tries to slow down and he operate, yeah. it, he, he can't do that. And that's okay. Like, that's not his skill set. But if he's moving, he looks all right. And and obviously, it paid off, off nicely tonight. The other thing, um, his offense fueled his defensive effort. And, and that really matters. Like, I talked to Bobby Corral about this last week. Just watch. Hardy gets burnt, like, once a game because he's ball watching. He'll, like, watch the shot go up and his guy will get back. He played harder tonight on that end of the floor. And Kid yep. rewarded him for it. 27 mm-hmm. minutes is a lot for him. So I'm really glad that he got the time. I'm really glad that it worked out for him. Yes, for sure. He was, uh, yeah, they, they lose this game if he misses like two more shots. That's right. <laughs> and that's he right. was eight of nine. So That's right. So let's see who else was really kind I of mean, interesting and I mean, all over the place. Uh, I mean, this was a really impressive game from Lively, mm-hmm. um, especially considering this is also not a great matchup for him. When you consider how much beef uh, the Magic have in their front court, because Lively is great, he's big, he's long, but you know he's still got that rookie slender body, uh, and and uh, Banchero and Wendell Carter Jr. are sturdy lads. Those are those are um, strong uh, strong bases with those two guys, and then uh, Mo Wagner uh, Wagner coming off the bench. Uh, is not maybe as stout as those two, but he's still also a pretty big boy. Um, so that was impressive to see him pretty much on his own in the front court, mm-hmm. aside from Luca, really, uh, just battle the way that he did. Like, you know, th- it's one thing, like you look at Wendell Carter and Bechero, when you've got another, when you're a center and you've got a four-man that can kind of also rough it up and, mm. and, and play tough and play big in the paint, that's such a big deal for us. Like having someone else that can also box out. So you don't feel like you're the only, like if you don't get this rebound, the team doesn't get the rebound. Like that must create, it must make it so much easier for these front court guys to play. Like lively is doing this with, with nothing behind him on the front court. Like Grant Williams has been awful this season. Uh, Maxi has been non-existent when he does play. Yep. Um, they don't play Lively and Dwight Powell together for obvious reasons. You don't play him and Holmes together. Like Lively is literally like a man on an island in the paint sometimes for the Mavericks. And for him to continually finish these games as strong as he does, I know he only had eight rebounds. I know he had zero offensive rebounds. Um, so I, he did – or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Sorry. Looking at the wrong stat line. He had 11 rebounds, three offensive. He was the only player on the Mavericks to have an offensive rebound. Like – I know it's 11 rebounds doesn't like scream like it's a good game, but like maybe it's, it's not matching the praise that I'm giving him. Yeah. But when you consider the opponent and you consider the fact that his front court starting bat, uh, you know, uh, player Grant Williams had two rebounds. Yep. Uh, Maxi Kleba had one rebound in 22 minutes. Like it's, it's unfair that this 19 year old has to do all this, but he's doing it. And then on, and then he's doing all of that. And he's still rewarding you on the other end of the floor with eight of nine shooting. He made four free throws, which is not bad for him. I know it's kind of right in line with his free throw percentage, but 
you know, nine free throw attempts. He made four. You take it. Like he'd steal a block. Like he scored 20 points. Like I I can't say enough about Lively's game. And I think it might get a little overlooked with the Luca 45 points with the Hardy uh, 20 point explosion off the bench. But Lively was just as important, if not more so, uh, in certain aspects. Uh, hey, Hardaway had 36 points off the bench. Oh, yeah, Hardaway had 36. Yeah. You're, you're reading reading tonight is tough. I'm just teasing. No, oh, there, Hardy, yeah, Hardy had 20. I said Hardy had 20 off the bench. Sorry. Hardaway oh. did start with 36. Yeah. Tell Sorry. me if you noticed this. Because of Lively's role in the defense, then because of just rotations and stuff, stuff, there were a number of instances I saw Lively end up directly underneath the basket. And yeah, he had five fouls, but he also played 41 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he did not do anything that I saw that resembled panic. When you put a big man under the basket, there's just kind of an emotional, like, oh, fuck, response to this. Cause it's like, if you're under the rim, you've not done your job or you're out of line or you're out of place or you've been bullied down there. And there were a couple, I remember one shot, it was in the second half where either Wendell or Paolo missed like right at the rim and he's under the basket and he takes the rebound from both of them despite being under the basket. And that just doesn't happen for big men in a Mavericks uniform. I mean, they're, they're, this game, you're right. Like the, the I, I saw a stat line that said, um, so he has more 2010 games than any other uh, rookie this year other than Wemby. That includes Chet. So I think that's that's pretty fascinating. So his game really was kind of the highlight for me because you get to the other stat line, you know, Tim Hardaway, 36, you know, 36 and eight, obviously nothing to scoff at, but it's just, it's it's a different feel because Tim, Tim, you know, again, this is why I keep, we keep, we keep coming back to why we don't think the Mavericks are going to trade Tim because yeah, Tim is the game. only one who will shoot these fucking shots. Yes. Like Luca just has this. You know, there's a apparently a bad question in the presser where somebody asked Tim about you know developing chemistry with Luca. It's like they played together for five years. What are we doing? He's like they work together, like they know. And like Luca just sort of has this tendency to find him in that you know four to eight second shot clock range, and you know hits him right in the shooter's pocket. And Tim is willing to take the shot. And everybody on this site that we talk with that hates Tim completely discounts the willingness to take the shot. Guys don't want to look bad in the NBA. Tim does not give a shit. Sometimes that absolutely bites him in the ass. I'm not going to not gonna lie about that. But with what the Mavericks do with Luka's ball control, you have to have that trigger man. So Yes, you're absolutely right. He took nine threes. All other non-Luka Mavericks combined – Took uh, eighteen. No, 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 hold on. Oh no, non Luca, right. non Luca. So that's five. Took ten. That's like that's got to be their lowest three point out of outing of the year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The Magic were running them off the line uh, yeah. really well. But yeah, Tim took nine three pointers. Every other non Luca Mav combined for ten. Sure. The only yeah. other people in the starting lineup to shoot: Josh Green took three. Grant Williams took two. Maxi took none in 22 minutes. I just send Maxi, like, like send Maxi to the moon. I'm so tired. Yeah, like yeah. I, he is yeah. such a gigantic wimp. He gets the ball on a kick out, and <laughs> they know he's not shooting. They know it. He had a corner three that he passed to a covered Jaden Hardy. It's like get out of the game if you're not going to shoot. Sorry, I just no, we're no. not going to talk. I don't want to beat on guys too badly this game. And then before we cut to break, I do think it's worth addressing. Um, of course, it's worth addressing the forty-five point nine rebound, fifteen assist man. I, yeah. I didn't even notice he had forty-five points. That's how fucking good this guy is. He obviously scored a ton of free throws, yeah. but the pass that was my favorite was the look away jam to Lively that put them up one twenty-six to one twenty. And he's like, he was sitting there doing. He's like, I don't know what he was doing, but it's. I, <laughs> He he just manipulates people. You know, my my favorite quarterback, my favorite team is Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes manipulates people the same way, where guys just freak out when he's looking a particular direction. I just he's so good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna get bored watching him. Um, he's played now 45, 46, and 43 minutes, and in those three games, he has 73 points, 28 points, 45 points. Um, Any points? He has 30, 
Looks like he has 39 assists in those three games, like, I think. Responsible for like 300 points. <laughs> like he's got 29 rebounds in those three games. Um just I was really worried coming into January. He uh you know, he played that ridiculous December where he averaged yeah. basically like 38 11 and 9 mm-hmm. um and he was averaging basically 40 minutes a game 39 and a half so let's just call it 40 and yep. i was worried because if you remember last season he also had a heroic december where they basically needed him to do almost some, basically almost exact same stat line like thir- like a 38 point triple double for the month of december averaging almost 40 minutes per game and i was looking at it the other day and i was like i'm a little concerned because he obviously came out of that december last season and did not close the season as well as he should have because he was burnt, he a little burnt out. That's a lot of minutes uh, with the usage that they were giving him. That's and right. I was a little concerned that is that going to happen? You know, does that happen again? Um, and in January, he's been he's been really good. He had like a couple of a couple of kind of weird games in January, like the the loss against Utah. He was really bad. Um, the loss against Memphis, he was also uh, really bad. But that was a game he got hurt. And I was just like, oh, is he going to get hurt? Is he going to get worn down? Because they're asking him to be Superman for almost an entire season again. And for him to respond at the end of this month with these three games, um, they go two and one. Like, if they don't win these games, like, the schedule is is pretty bad. Like, it's just, you can't say enough about his effort. Um, well, I, the hopefully this is the offseason. You know, we all feel like this last offseason – was the first in a while that he took seriously in terms of working out and conditioning. Hopefully that is paying off now, but I will say it, you could do all the off season work in the world. It is not like NBA players cannot play 45 minutes a night with, with like th- high thirties, low forties usage before, you know, like you know, he's going to wear out if they don't, if they can't get healthy or, or figure something out. But, but for right now, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. I can't believe it. Like, I mean, I can believe he's doing this, but it's also kind of so, sorry, I was looking at a clip because we're going to talk okay. next. All right, so we're going to cut to a quick break. Um, actually, not a break. We're going to let me do the thing I always do, which is ask you to go down and like the stream. Got 234 people in here right now. <laughs> would love to see 234 likes. That would be very nice for Josh and I. Uh, while you're down there, if you could consider subscribing to our show. If you're listening to an audio version of the show the next day, please send me an email. Please review the show please leave a star rating that sort of stuff is very very helpful to us um you know josh and i we grind out a little bit of coin from this it's part of the incentive that that we keep doing this other than the the fans you know we really like talking to all you guys and anybody that's listening on the live stream when the show is over if you could go leave a comment on the actual video itself away from the live stream feed now for those of you listening on the audio version i'm going to cut to a quick um ad read and then josh and i will be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, thanks so much for bearing with us. All right, I think that's that's probably the most that we need to to do with that game um, because it there's elements of what you just talked about towards the end now that want to, uh, that that basically speak to what I think we're going to talk about next, because had the Mavericks not won that game, I we just don't expect them to win any of these next three, just to be quite candid. Like they're going to be, I would love it if they won. That's not what I mean. It's just, they're going to be, um, they're not going to be expected to win any of the next three. So you go into, you know, you look at their recent record 
and you see the fact that, okay, their wins in their last several games required Luka to score a bajillion points, and that would be it. <laughs> it would, yeah. Like, things were just looking like, I mean, I'm more serious about this. Like, it, it's you don't want to make any assumptions, but I, I would start to wonder if Jason Kidd would have not had a job because they just don't have many changes they can make, you know? So, so why don't you start talking a little bit about what you were thinking about pregame? Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to ask you. Was Jason Kidd coaching for his job tonight? Because oh, yeah. because yeah. of the things we just laid out about how bad of a loss this would be going into uh, these next three murderers row games. Plus, it's seats for soldiers. And I know that's really big. Like it's big for the org, but I know Cuban really takes heart in this. And the Mavericks were fourteen and two in seats for soldier games entering tonight. So that's sixteen years they've done it. They're fourteen and two. That includes the four bad years, the three tanking years before Luca, and then Luca's rookie year where they were also bad. Still only two losses in the last 16 years. So if they lost this game, and the way Kid was coaching, like... Very demonstrative. He looked like a coach. Act, yes, that's the most active I've seen him and animated I've seen him on the sidelines. I, Kid, is not dumb about this stuff. I mean, he's the most I, manipulative. Yeah, he's the most manipulative person in the I, entire organization. I am pretty convinced, with just speculation, just watching the game from my TV, that he knew he was coaching for his job tonight. Um, I think you could see it in the body language, not only from him. I think you could see it in the body language of some of the Mavericks players. Uh, the you should, if you guys. Uh, so the end of the game, obviously, shouldn't have been as close as it was. Tim Hardaway Jr. has a turnover when they're uh, up three with about you know ten or twelve seconds left. Uh, he 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 gets the ball. Uh, it's almost a jump ball, and he's trying to keep the ball alive. Orlando's not fouling, and instead of the Mavericks have two timeouts. Instead of calling timeout, Tim eventually kind of lo- loses his balance, takes a step back and travel. Not a great play from Tim, but as soon as it happens, you see Luca before it happens yelling towards his sideline to call for a timeout. I got a video clip. It's six seconds long. So we're going to watch this. We're going to watch this as part of the group uh, for here on the live stream. If you're listening on audio, you're not going to be able to see this. But if you go to Worldwide Wob's Twitter feed, he does a very good job of of sort of showing (laughs) what's going on here. So let's click over to this particular uh, thing. I'm going to blow up my screen real big. This is six seconds left. I'm going to press play. In watching travel watch hardaway he's gonna say call timeout yeah. luca's not happy i mean it's pretty visceral reaction there and the, um, the thing about it is he's 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 right like right this is the sort of shit we have been talking about all year but it's very very difficult guys you gotta understand i don't want to have the same podcast 82 times yeah because we could talk about this after every, every time he is that. a he is a piss poor in-game coach with the exception of uh, after timeout plays, <laughs> yeah. So, and then we're seeing some some uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think in the post game tried to be as uh, diplomatic. He uh, laughed yes, a little bit, talked like a politician. Answer, but you can. I mean, I think the way you could see the players reacting, I think the way you saw Kid reacting, and the way he coached this game, uh, I think I think everyone in that building knew how catastrophic a loss tonight would. Like there was a a palpable tension in the air throughout this game because I know it's, you know, if you're not close to the Maverick, like the seats for soldiers thing is a very big deal to the organization. It is part of their culture. They do not lose these games. Uh, And then you consider how they've been playing beforehand. You consider the schedule coming up where they will probably not, they will not be favored in what five, five of their neck, four of their next five games. They will, yeah. they will straight up not be favored in, in the four of their next five games. If they lost this game, then you lose three in a row. You're at 500. You, then you got to play New York and Oklahoma City uh, to stay above, to try to stay from going below 500. Like, this would have been a catastrophic Wait, loss. I let think me, walk, let me walk folks back if, if you think we're being ridiculous. So on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, they won against New Orleans. Okay? They're 24-17 and 17 after that win. They proceed to lose to the Lakers, Celtics, Suns, Hawks. I'm sorry. They beat the Hawks. They lose to Sacramento. If they would have lost to Orlando tonight, we can, you know, the Minnesota game on Wednesday is going to be tough. Then Milwaukee. Then uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. And then you got toss-ups against New York and Brooklyn. 
then Oklahoma City, then you play Washington and San Antonio. It's that bad. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's a coincidence that he was jumping up and down on the sideline, yelling at players, yelling at refs. By the way, this is the most mad I've ever seen him get at refs, by the way. He almost ran to full court twice on that play. Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, tripped that at trips, full court. Or, or fell over his yeah. own feet. And funny enough, the Mavericks shot 41 free throws, to 43 free throws tonight. Wow. Sticking up for your players seems to have a net benefit. Uh, who would have thought? So, Also, they did stuff, by the way. They made in-game adjustments. I know the kid had some really bad moments, but they switched to a zone. Well, they tried playing it in the first half, and it did not work. The zone this is a good play. question. But then the in the pack. second half, the zone was the key reason they made that third quarter run. So based on what you just said about kid getting demonstrative, Mavericks fan in the chat says, okay, but why doesn't kid do that every game? My answer, and I'm interested in what your answer is, is that kid knows the season's really long. And you cannot behave like that every game. Look at Luca, because nobody listens to him anymore. <laughs> However, our my criticism is that you can do it one in every 10. You can show a little fire. That's the first fire I've seen out of him this season. What's There's your also thought? you can also show pot like all energy doesn't have to be negative energy. Like you could still be positive and energetic. Like it doesn't need to be demonstrative. Doesn't always need to be within like yelling at players and telling them like, "Hey, get your head out of your asses." It can also be like rah rah, let's go, like let's pick it up, let's do this, let's beat the shit out of these guys, like let's do you know, let's run it down their throats. You can do that too, um, which he did a lot in the 2022 playoffs. Um, had him mic'd up and they had a lot of sideline coaches audio clips of him from that playoff run doing that. So I don't know why he doesn't do it all the time other than maybe that there is a sense of job security that he I feels really in his current position. He is friends with, I think it, it must be said, this is the closest he is to his front office and ownership group since he's been a head coach. He did not get along with the ownership in the front office in Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Um, Cuban and Nico are his friends, like straight up. They are his, they are close friends. Yep. So he was not close friends with the owner or the GM in Milwaukee or Brooklyn. So I think that has a difference. Um, he probably doesn't feel like he has to do this every night. Um, and maybe he thinks he doesn't have to do it. I don't know. Like now, now I'm trying to like psychoanalyze a guy from, from my couch. Which so. is tough. Like, yeah. it, we, we, you know, a lot of, a lot of our fans want us to do it and we shy away from it simply because it's not, it's not good business. Yeah. But it was obvious tonight. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he knew. And I even think the, I think they knew that he was coaching for his job. tonight. I think yeah. if he lost, I don't know, maybe it's tough. to. Well, see. I mean, we didn't talk about fired, this because it, it didn't come up in the flow of our show, but Luca went on TNT and Shaq asked him yeah. if he'd had a talk with his coach about his behavior when Kid has said they have had a talk about his behavior. Multiple times and, he said they've talked about it. And Luca was like, no, we've not talked about it at all. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I am I tend to believe Luka Doncic. Right, I don't know why he'd lie about that. Right, especially when it's like it makes you lie look about. Bad. Right, that's like, why would you lie to make your coast look, you know, I don't know. That, yeah, that would be weird. But yeah, I just... It was we. It was just. It was just funny to see the energy in him, and and like the fact that they were making adjustments. Like they played a so they played more zone tonight, I think, than they've played in any game this season. I don't have the numbers, so I could be wrong, but they played a lot. I mean, and there was the reason why they won the third quarter because the Magic don't really have a true point guard. Like Suggs and Anthony are kind of like scoring guards in point guard bodies. Um, and you need a floor, you know, you need a floor general, so to speak, or a distributor when you're playing against the zone, someone that can put you in the right spot. Not necessarily one that's going to rack up assists, but just someone to be like, hey, let's run a set. Let's get here. You go here. Like, let's make sure everyone's in the right place. Magic don't really have that guy. So it was smart to, to run zone. They didn't work well in the second quarter. So I wonder if halftime was them going over it and be like, hey, this is where y'all need to be. And yeah, I don't. Is this a sign of things to come? I don't know because I don't know if there's any coaching kid can do that's going to prevent what I think is going to happen in these next. Yeah, that's the three games. That's, that's so. what makes some of this stuff so frustrating. Is I think the Mavericks have 
real reasons to look at what's going on right now and saying none of this can be helped. You can't help the roster at this point in the season. Everybody's hurt. So we're just trying to survive. That's what makes the kerfuffles and the miscues really stupid. Because you get put in a winning position. You're up 126 to 120. And you win by two. And you gave up the last shot of the game. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even like, talk about that. I thought that was going in. By there's the way. some like, so like, there's a, like, <laughs> there was the, I mean, great. You watched it from above. It was actually much yeah. more, uh, but from the side, Mo, it looked like, like uh, a Franz Wagner shot was going to go in. No. Um, anyway, like, I, I think just to sort of put a bow on this and not beat it to death, that he needed the win. Whether or not it would have been fair to him at some point, when the the vibes around this Mavericks team are not great, they're just he's not. a vibes. He's supposed to be a vibes guy. Yeah, <laughs> like that's and if, if to you're be a his... player's coach and everything's a little bit, eh, at a certain point, things like like you just got to start answering questions. I mean, kids going on um, ninety seven won the freak at nine forty tomorrow uh, with uh, K Fun tweets. Um, whoever I can't Kevin remember Turner. that guy's name. Yeah, Kevin Turner. And so, you know, maybe you'll tune in and get some interesting answers there because I, I think in those situations, kids a little more willing to talk than he is at like press conferences. All coaches hate press conferences. So I, as much as he drives me crazy with this, I try, I should, I should be more charitable with it. Um, I just, it, it's, it's one of these things like he's going to be the coach until he's not, but there are just more and more things that make me go, Hmm, Hmm, because the Bucks fired their head coach. They're the number two seed or three seed in the East. Yeah. So, yeah, anything that, is possible. Yeah, I wonder if, <laughs> wonder if that got maybe lit a fire under him too, being like, oh, I mean, boy, maybe. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that that he can look at the schedule. He's seen what's come yeah. before, and he's seen. He's not, what's dumb. Ahead. he's not dumb. No, he's not dumb. That's what. That's kind of like the misconception. People think like he's just not liking it. Like he's stubborn. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference. Um, gosh, what was I? Oh, I was gonna say something uh, related to the kid. Oh my right. gosh, I think I lost it. But it was. Uh, oh, you you brought it up the last podcast. We just don't talk about it a lot because, like you said, we can't talk about this after every game. But I mean, there's really only one. What like one thirty game stretch that you they've looked like a really oh in three years well, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and and since he's been a head coach as dallas it's it's been the, the second half run of the 2022 season going into the playoffs yep because before that the first half of that season they were bad and mm-hmm. last season they were bad and this season they've they're mucking around you know now they're not at 500 but they're kind of mucking around a little bit they've been under five they've been basically a 500 team since November. Um, so yeah, like they haven't had a long sustained stretch with him as coach besides that 2022 run. So yeah. And I mean, I don't think you, wears down all, eventually. you can't lie all of that at his no, feet, no. but I, I, you know, at a certain point you got to look and say, Hey, what can what we, we change? Got here? You know, the, the defense isn't improving. The offense is the same. We just, you know, the, the, the way this team wins basketball games is Luka Doncic. Good Mavericks shoot ball. Well, like there's <laughs> not, they don't have any other recipes for success. They don't run plays. Um, except for out of timeouts, which is so weird. Yeah, because it's yeah, like, like obviously a playbook. <laughs> well, and and kid does have input on their roster. Like kid was why they went out and got uh, Javale McGee and wasted their mid level exception, one of their big chits in the in the 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 ability to 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 make you know roster moves is a wasted like a monstrously wasted asset that rests yeah. on Jason Kid. Sorry, yeah. he does. Yeah, I mean Nico too, but you know. This is, it's, I don't know, it, it, you don't want to beat a whole horse to death because the season is far, far too long. A lot of fans that get on these sorts of things uh, and, and comment live are just as impassioned as I used to be. I try not to be that way anymore, but I, I get it. And so it's like, you don't want to over, over lean into it because then you got the, the, the completely other side of the media coin. Let's just say, I mean, we can name names. It's okay. They're like old school media hat guys like Bob Sturm for the ticket and, and, you know, uh, probably your Brad Townsend's of the world who have covered a bajillion NBA seasons and say like, like you, you can't get upset over a certain stretch of games. And that view has credence as much as I don't like it. Sometimes it's, it's something you, you can't ignore. And so 
Mark Cuban is, is a conservative owner in that regard. He's not rash. I mean, somebody noted it in the chat earlier. They didn't fire Donnie Nelson when he stormed out of the 2020 NBA draft like the big drunk baby that he is. Yeah. I mean, what? How many coaches has Cuban's had? Uh, four. Four coaches? Donnie yeah. Nelson. He's been here 20 years. Carlisle, Jason Kidd. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, he. yeah, you're right. He's probably – he's rare for him to make a move i don't has he ever i mean he's never fired a coach midseason nope right so yeah so oh man okay this is a good show uh somebody asked if i'm gonna have a secondary live show yes so what we're <laughs> gonna do here is i'm gonna go to a brief break i'll probably cycle our video a couple of times uh because i need to find some water check on my wife real quick uh, i'll be back in two to three minutes and we will have the live fan show that you guys should come up here and participate with. Tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm wrong. If you're listening on the audio version of the show on podcast feeds, that show will get posted on Tuesday afternoon. Thank you so much for your support of our show. Uh, remember to like, and subscribe and to leave comments uh, on behalf of Josh Bo. This is Kirk Henderson and this is pod Maverick. Everyone have a very good rest of your week until we meet again on Wednesday. Bye guys. Welcome back to Pod Maverick. This is Mavs Party. I need to change the name of our show up here. Too many things. I need an actual producer. My name is Kirk Henderson. As you know, I'm editor-in-chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. This is our semi-regular, which I hope to get back to being a regular show because uh, I like doing it. It is Mavs Party. For those of you who may be new here or may not have uh, participated before, I just posted a pinned comment to the YouTube stream that you can join to come into a, a, um, a different application that lets you join me on the show live. It is uh, pretty easy to use from your phone. It's very easy to use from your computer. If you don't want your video up, you don't have to have it up, though it is a video-based show with audio elements. Um, we usually have, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six people talk. Some nights we have as many people as 15 to 20. I tend to have a rule. If I don't have anything going on, I will have as many people as possible up here to talk uh, basketball with me. Um, Josh and I just finished kind of a, an interesting philosophical conversation, uh, kind of about the, the the health of the Jason Kidd coaching job, where I think we both settled on the fact that he is going to remain head coach. But there were uh, the, there were signs tonight. Of, of things that he's done coaching wise that he just doesn't do very often. Um, and when you are, are, you know, uh, uh, coaching a superstar like Luka Doncic, there's constant pressure all the time to perform. And it's, it's one of these things where you, you feel like something could change in a moment. Only Luka comes from a very different basketball environment where I think, you know, um, talking about coaching changes probably doesn't happen near as much uh, in, in European clubs as, um the superstar driven nba but you know that's that's kind of neither here nor there for the immediate game if you had fun watching that mavericks game and i hope you did the mavericks just won uh 131 to 129 um let me see it was a a really dominant luca performance one of those uh, sneaky ones where i'm paying attention to so many other guys it's a little bit difficult to uh to over you don't want to overhype um any one person but 45 points and 15 assists is beyond ridiculous for a guy on a heck of a tear um there were you know quite the tim game 36 points and eight rebounds really something to behold there whenever tim is on a heater it's probably got to be extremely demoralizing losing to tim freaking hardaway jr um all right we got our first guest my regular participant um 
in Brian, who is faithfully joins at least every other show, uh, kicking us off. Remember, guys, if you want to join, click that link, please. I really like having folks up here uh, to talk basketball with me. We're coming up first. Mr. Brian, what's up tonight, man? What's up, man? What about that game? Huh? It's fun, man. It, it was it was stressful, but the kind of stressful where I never felt. I kind of felt like they were going to lose, like win from the start of the third quarter on. Hmm. I don't know why. Just because start. I thought like maybe like in the last. Okay, so full disclosure, I was playing two K with my friends for most of the game, so I caught it in chunks and bits and pieces. I saw uh, that first stretch in the first quarter where ugh, things were not looking good. Uh, second quarter when they kind of got back into it. The end of the third quarter, I thought is when they really started pulling things together, and I thought they had a solid chance then. By that point, it was already cooking, and Luca had already like shaken off his bad start. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, the last like 16 minutes of that game were electric, dude. I, yeah, it, it was like watching a thriller film. I could not think of my seat. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and that's sort of, it gets a little frustrating when they win and lose games the same way. But mm-hmm. when, when guys are on heaters the way Tim was, I sort of like riding it. I mean, I, I have, I'm largely a Tim proponent. I get people that just can't stand him though. And so I just, I, I tend to like it when he's, when he's really on fire. Yeah. I, I kind of owe Tim an apology. I, well, an apology is going far. I'm not apologizing because I meant all those things that I said about his defense and his awareness and his turnovers and all that. But as everyone who watches this team knows when Tim is on, like it doesn't matter if he's bleeding points. It doesn't matter if he's, uh, Giving up, and he had eight boards tonight. So shout out to him, like actually, you know, taking pride on like doing work on defensive board. So that really, really helped us out. Yep. And he was just unconscious when he's making shots like that, whether they're like open catch and shoot threes, or he's dripping into like his little midi that he likes. If he's making it, you're not gonna hear a peep out of me. And tonight he was on fire. He was one of the dudes who was really like ready to come in and take he's those. So lost on defense, though, man. He, he gets lost in transition, especially like a rookie. And I'm like, dog, what? It, it makes me so sick to my stomach. But it's like, okay, if, if, when you do this, I can stomach it. But it's like, I, 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 I'm ready to get off the roller coaster. I'm still ready to move. And hell, I tweeted this. I was like, with him and Wendell Carter in the building right now, after the game Tim just had, I'm not letting them leave the building until we get that deal done right now. We can go ahead and make this swap happen. Y'all ain't even got to take jerseys off, man. Yeah. Uh, also, a quick shout out to Jaden Hardy, man. He had Great a game. little run like in the middle Great of the best game of the year. Not even yeah. close. Yeah, right. Like this is this is I think I tweeted this is the best he looked in weeks, but this is probably the best he's looked all year. So shout out to him coming through and having a big game when we it's like you said with uh Josh earlier. I think everybody knew what a loss tonight meant. And honestly, I'm just annoyed that these dudes pulled together and battled and had this game for a coach that I frankly don't believe deserves it, but I'm not going to make tonight about him because these dudes played their heart out, like not that long after a brutal back-to-back stretch. And I'm just proud of them and happy to have. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, I said this in the last show and I gotta be, I gotta be consistent. It's important to be consistent and not just be a fair weather guy. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of asked that he get traded or ejected or sent to the moon or, you know, something of that <laughs> nature on multiple shows and big picture. I don't really see where he fits with the Mavericks, mm-hmm. but when you're down Kyrie Irving, when you're down Dante Exum, it's very, very nice to see a guy step up. It's like, Hey man, can you or Seth come in and just make shots? It's the one thing we need you to do. All we need you to do is make shots not turn the ball over and just not kill us on defense. In no. fact, you can do the third thing if you just don't turn the ball over and make shots. And he came in tonight, he filled his role, and I'm happy for him. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice. Um who else was was kind of interesting to you tonight? Because it was it was a little disappointing to me to see um Grant Williams become a pumpkin again. But this team is so long, the Orlando Magic, I mean, it's hard to get too bent out of shape about it. So. Yeah, this is a really bad – like, I I was talking to one of my friends before the game even started. I was like, dude, them starting Jonathan Isaac just because is like them rubbing our noses in the fact 
that I power forward at six five. So I always knew this was going to be a bad Grant game. I'm not mad at that. I think I saw him splash like one corner three and then brick another one. I didn't see too much of his game tonight to really be yeah. mad at him. So I think that's right. That just kind of is what it is. Uh, Josh, I don't know what he finished with. I know he started the game terribly. And Josh had- also finished the game like Josh. We, I have a hard time with Josh. Everything I say about Josh is mean. Josh was awful tonight. He was awful. Yeah, he wasn't great. I thought he had like a couple of good plays towards the end of the game, but oh, he made a layup finally. Um, in like that's what it was in the last minute and thirty seconds. <laughs> he made a layup. So, which I mean, they needed the layup. They won by two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, you know, I can't be too sassy here, but it was, it was definitely, it was, it was definitely something. Um. Just the, the the magic or the kind of team though that that vexes me because they're just so big. They're and so long, dude. They're I, I can't remember if they have the same GM who's drafted all these lengthy guys, but like skilled size is the way to go. And I certainly don't think Paolo Banchero is like the the kind of guy that's gonna lead a team anywhere. You know, you're 36, 9, and 7. So it's a little bit of an asshole-ish thing of me to say. But I, I say, wow. I, I think he's like he's such an amazing second piece for me, but I I, hmm. I don't know they they've got the guys to where I'm just kind of I want to see them in certain matchups is is what I want and they're so long to be annoying like I they're they're just a fun team to 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 look at because there's they're like the funhouse mirror Mavericks with their length I mean they 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 could play Josh Bo and I talked about this they could play five dudes who are six nine or tall Do the whole team six ten yeah the entire yeah. team. Jalen Suggs is Tim Hardaway's size, and he's the smart, smallest guy they rolled out there tonight. But it was, it was like him and uh, Greg Anthony's kid. That's yeah, it. yeah, Cole Anthony. That's true. That's true. And yeah. he had nine assists. Good gravy. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Good player. Love him. Interesting player. Uh, but yeah, okay. hey, uh, can we give a little love to uh, our hometown kid, man? Anthony Black. Came Anthony Black. Four three game, man. He 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 dusted Maxi so hard in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like it was over in the left corner. And he jabs right, and Maxi jumps back like he's shot. And the dude just drives to the little limb and lays it up. It's really That's something. the second game in a row I've seen a guard do that to Maxi. I forget who it was that did that to him in the left corner last game. Or maybe it was the Celtics game I'm thinking of. But, yeah, no, he gets stunned. Like, it's in 2K where, like, somebody crosses you over with, like, the little ankle, bridge, uh, ankle breaker badge or whatever, and you just stand there for three seconds. Like, that's the type of time he was on. It was It, it was pretty nasty. But I'll forgive him because Anthony Black was killing everybody tonight, yeah. at least yeah. in the first three quarters. No, yeah, he was the guy that I – for everybody that forgets, like I, I irrationally wanted him to be a Maverick mm-hmm. because I wanted Same. a guy that went to my high school to be a Dallas Maverick. Um, obviously not the right pick for the Mavericks. Uh, shout out Derek Lively who played one of his three best professional games tonight, I think. Um, but he played a heck of a game. Yeah, man, against this team, too, with all this length and, like, all – everybody who's going to be helping him when mm-hmm. on defense coming to, like, protect his weak side is, like, four or five inches shorter than whoever's going to have the ball and be driving to the rim. And he held down the paint anyway and just did a really admirable job. I'm so proud of that kid, man. I I, I won't tolerate any lively slander from any direction. I don't care how bad he plays. I don't care how bad his hands look on a certain night. I don't care. Yeah, no, I get it because it's it's tonight was a, a night uh, where both he and Jaden Hardy shouldn't have played well just due to the matchups and they both played great. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Well, it seems like we got kind of a quiet crowd tonight. We don't have anybody else that that uh, usually, you know, after a win like this, we get at least a few people in here that want to come talk basketball, but it uh, seems you're the only one willing to save me tonight. So so maybe I'll cut this one short and might not even um don't know if I'm even going to post this one to the audio stream because it'd be like nine minutes long. It'd be a little yeah. bit weird. That's how I go sometimes. Yeah, you know, I just like it. It sucks because like we had such a cool thing going with the other um with the other app, but then Spotify just killed it. And granted, this is gets way more reach. I mean, look, we got 200 people just hanging out in here. Um, and at certain nights that it gets up to 300, 400, you know, but it'll never be like that. Were you in the room that I did one night that had Mark Stein and Kevin O'Connor and there were like nine thousand people listening to the live show. Oh, I don't think I was there for that. It one. was that, like that one was of the trade deadline right. ones, of course. So it was like, oh yeah, oh god, maybe I was there. It was it was just <laughs> nuts. Like uh, like I remember uh, Brian Damaris joined the show. Yeah, like I don't even think he <laughs> likes me, but he's like, oh, this is you know, yeah, this is so popping. I got to be there. Yeah, 
Fumble Greenland was like a lower barrier for entry. People just don't want to come up and do those things. But you figure after COVID, so many people like to be on screens, they just don't even care. Um, mm-hmm. Like we got Jason down there in the chat. Jason used to come up once a show. Give me, you can give me his uh, slightly grumpy Mavs takes, but you know that's okay. I'll I'll try. I think once I get back in the regular rhythm, I'm going to do one on Wednesday, and I'll do one on the Saturday game too. Um, kids sleeping a little better, so that will uh, that will help. But yeah, uh, yeah, you got any other takes before uh, before we? Uh, I think I'll answer a couple of questions from the chat, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, just, hey man, y'all, he played badly tonight. Give Josh a little grace. He's been playing great for like two weeks now. Uh, sure. Y'all know how I feel about the inconsistent players, and you know how much I would be yelling at Josh if he were had if he had us on a roller coaster right now. But he's been really good for like two weeks, so I'm gonna give him grace for this game. That's Next, fair, brother. We need you to hit some shots. That's fair. Okay, so thanks so much, Brian. We'll talk soon. Hopefully see you on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Have a good night. Night. All right, uh, somebody um, asked me in the chat, you know, give me, you know, your kind of trade deadline take. Um, I am the worst Mavs media-adjacent person when it comes to trades. Uh, you got former Mavs Moneyball staffer Lauren Gunn, who loves throwing out trades left and right, including like the big four-teamers. You got Dalton Trigg, who manages to get aggregated based off of stuff that he just makes up in his head. And then there's like Mavs Moneyball, where you just don't see a lot of trade stuff. Um, That's kind of by design, because I'm just, uh, unless I think the Mavs have the ammo, I'm not really going to talk about it. And I still am of the opinion that unless they are getting a buy low, like very low uh, person, um, I don't think they're going to go get anybody, because I don't think they want to use their own, they only have... One first-round pick. Now, lots of people like to correct me and say they could use two first-round picks right now. I am nearly certain they can only use one first-round pick because of kind of their future obligations. If they get out from underneath the Knicks obligation that they have right now, which is the 2024 draft pick, should go their way. um, At that point, they'll be able to – it frees up future assets for them to move. Um, So I think if they were going to make a move, they would want to do it when the move takes them from – a fringe let's just say let's just be you know the the range for the mavericks i think charitably is play in to just barely missing the plan like six seed that's sort of where where they are um that's sort of what you know whatever move they would make even if it was with a single draft pick i don't think moves them out of that range now let's just say i don't want to say like darkest timeline but a possible move if it gets bad enough for them I really think they might take on Miles Bridges. I think that would drive our fan base, particularly our online fan base, absolutely batty. It's important to note that most fans are not online. Miles Bridges got a standing ovation from Charlotte when he first came back. So I, I think that that's the kind of like talented, buy low, but kind of icky guy the Mavericks might go get if they were at all interested uh, in um, changing their roster. I'm not sure it would, I think it would improve them just because he's such a wild athlete, but I, I, I'm not sure what, it just feels like sort of moving food around the plate. Um, All right. This is another good question. Kirk, what is your take on Embiid getting a unanimous MVP vote again this year? People love him, but hate on Luca. I don't get it. So Embiid can only miss five more games before he's not eligible for uh, awards. (laughs) <laughs> so so i don't i don't think he's uh i don't think he's gonna get there i don't think he's gonna be eligible this year i really don't i really really don't um so i think the the mvp will probably cycle back in a big way to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has playing just monstrously terrifying basketball um he's and potentially like sga sga has has kind of the narrative vote behind him with the team that high i i think the i still don't Giannis is just sort of my guy uh, in my head when I'm not thinking about Luca, just because Giannis tends to do it night in and night out. So that's sort of where I am uh, at that point on these bigger fan questions. Now the Mavericks could surprise me. Um, I, I I just think that any move, uh, I, did I use this analogy already? It's like how my son tries to tries to move food around on his plate to convince me he's eaten more than he has. It doesn't fix anything. It is just, you know, changing out parts. Um, the Mavericks this year, we we know who they are, but you don't fix what the Mavericks have become in a day. Today was, or this season was a big step, but it's just not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, 
All right. Everybody come back on Wednesday. I think I'm just going to post this entire show all in one feet, all in one show tomorrow. It'll be nice. Um, if you are at all interested, you know, come prepared and ready to talk. Uh, I will hang out late and talk basketball with anybody, including Brian, you know, who comes up here most shows. Uh, anybody listening on the audio feed, you know, come subscribe to the show and you can get notified when we go live. We do these all in one big live stream, me talking for as many two to three hours. Um, not great for the vocal cords. What are you going to do? This has been uh, Kirk Henderson of Pod Maverick. This has been Mavs Party Live and Mavs uh, or and After Dark. Thanks so much for, for hanging out. Everybody be good and uh, go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.